0: I'm here, baby. Help! I Suck at Dating. With Dean, Vanessa, and Jared. An iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, Hello, hello. Thank you
1: so much for joining all of us on another episode of Help! I Suck at Dating. I'm Dean Unglert, joined in studio by Easton, Erica, and one other lovely human being who was not here last week because he was busy doing other things in a different country on a television show we're all very familiar with. Jared Habon.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having <laughs> me back. I missed you guys. It was a long week without you.
1: Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Uh, good to be back. Not that we have any interesting news to cover on your end. I no, know, like, pretty l- boring. Your life's pretty much the same as it was before you left, right? Yeah, exactly the same. Nothing's changed. Okay, well, for the listeners... That- <laughs> oh wait,
2: there was one little thing. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot.
1: I got engaged. Oh! Amazing, amazing. All right, well, so obviously, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. We can talk anything and everything. Um, Okay, so for the listeners that maybe aren't quite as aware, Jared and Ashley made a trip down to Mexico to cameo on
2: Paradise. Yeah, so we went to Bachelor in Paradise last week and we were doing a cameo, and Ashley's, I was convincing Ashley that we were just there for a cameo but uh we ended up getting engaged so it's pretty <laughs> just much the gist of it right
1: there and that's all I can talk about have a good day thank uh, you very much okay and we're gonna need a step by step for all of this and and Sweet. as I tweeted out I'm a little upset with you because before you left for Mexico I was like Jared like this is how I see it playing out in my head they're gonna bring you down with a date card they're gonna send you on a date of your own which it sounds like it didn't necessarily happen but then you're gonna ask Ashley to marry you in paradise. You're like, dude, you no, know, like that's not going to happen. I would tell you if it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand you have to keep it under wraps and keep it a secret and all that kind of stuff. But tell us kind of how this whole thing unfolded. And, and obviously, you know, spare the details that you can. I understand you might not be able to share everything, but... So pretty much also, I didn't tell you, Dean, because I didn't want a lot of people within
2: the Bachelor family to know because I wanted to make this as much of a surprise for Ashley as possible. So I don't want you to take offense. I love you so much, and I would have loved to talk to you about it. But we talked about engagements two weeks ago on the podcast, and I felt super uncomfortable because you were like, when's a good time to propose? Jared, when are you going to propose? In the back of my mind, I knew I was proposing that week. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see down the line. Uh. And then I don't know if you caught on to it, but you... You were like, "How long should someone date before you get engaged?" And I was like, "Few months. I don't know, a (laughs) few months."
1: And what's funny is you were you were answering those questions so like ambiguously that I was like, "Something's up here. Like Mm -hmm. something's about to happen." But I like I can press you on it, I guess, because I didn't really know well enough. Yeah, you
2: called it because after the podcast ended, you were like, "You're going to get engaged, aren't you?" And I was like, "Dean, so soon? I'm not going to get engaged this quickly."
1: And then because that would be crazy to get engaged that quickly. You have to be out of your mind to get engaged that quick. Oh wait, oh. Oh, Oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm getting I'm getting down on one day. Okay, so continue, um, continue. So pretty much, listen, as soon as Ashley and I started dating, we knew that this wasn't just a boyfriend-girlfriend thing, that this was a very long-term and happy relationship because it's just so easy between the two of us. Ashley says that she's had a boyfriend for two and a half years that just didn't touch her, and that was me. And so the thing is, we've been so close, we know everything about each other, that for me, it's really not that quickly because it just it feels... More right That's improper English I'm sorry But this feels better Than not being engaged So that makes any sense mm-hmm. Like it just makes sense To be engaged to Ashley It doesn't It doesn't make sense To not be with her If that
1: So it makes any sense But so it appeals Both to the logic side of things And the emotional side of things Of is course what you're saying.
2: Like I was While I was nervous About getting engaged to Ashley
1: I was just more anxious Because I was like I want to do this and then that's really what happened. Do you think there's any chance in any universe where she said no to the engagement?
2: Um, no, just for the fact, I mean, when we were at Stagecoach, she was even telling me, she's like, if you ask me tomorrow, i say yes. I mean, she was dropping hints the entire way. Once, I think she had an inkling when we were going out of paradise that this could potentially happen. And so she wanted to reassure me that if you do this, I'm going to say yes. And so she was just dropping hints. She even said a couple of weeks ago that um, I'm not allowed to live with her until we're engaged. Okay. And I said, well, hypothetically speaking, Ashley, say in six months, we're not engaged and we want to move in together. She's like, well, pressure's on you. I was like, okay. She's obviously dropping this hint to be like, if you ask, I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. So you better ask. You
1: better ask. You I will say ask. I love I love the whole story, um, mostly as it pertains to Ashley, because she's been in the – and I know we have discussed this a little bit behind yep. the scenes. Um, she's been in Bachelor Nation for so long, having gone on Chris Soul Season and then Paradise 1, Paradise 2. Her seasons, well, Paradise two and three, I guess, with you, yep. Um, and not necessarily getting the story that she wanted, going on Winter Games, um, and how her life has been so bachelor centric for basically three years now, and how you know she's built such a name for herself within this, I guess, world, yeah. And now for it to come full circle to have you and her get engaged at the place where you first met each other, it's like it's like the happiest ending I could have possibly imagined for Ashley, which she she gets a Neil Lane ring, she gets you know the, the engagement on the beach, she. I would assume a televised wedding if you guys decide to go that route. We haven't even thought about that, if I'm being honest. Right. I mean, it's very fresh. I guess it's a weekend. Um, How did you handle the whole conversation with maybe your parents with asking her father, all that kind of stuff before going down?
2: Once there was an idea thrown out there with conversations about potentially getting engaged in Paradise, one of the first, you know, I called my parents first and said, listen, this is kind of what's happening. I know it's soon. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And actually one of the, so I talked to my parents about it. And obviously they said, it's your decision. We love you. We're back you up anyway, anything you want to do. But my mom was like, you also have to remember that. I mean, you're not going to get another opportunity like this ever again in your life. And she's like, you know, in 10 years, do you see yourself being with Ashley? And I said, of course. And she's like, then why would you not do this? You know? Mm -hmm. And then actually I talked to Tanner about it. Tanner, my little fairy godfather, um, (laughs) And because he's had experience getting engaged in paradise and he said, listen, the proposals for the girl, you know, and you have an opportunity and I'm sure he's like, listen, you're a very romantic guy. I'm sure if you don't do it on paradise, if you do it, you know, four or five months later, you'll come up with something very nice and very romantic and it's going to be such a wonderful moment for both of you. However, you also have a chance to get engaged at the place where you first met Ashley, like Put the show aside. I mean, this is the beach you first saw Ashley, where you guys met three years ago, and you have the opportunity to give her the ending that she's always wanted, and you're nervous because it might be too soon, even though you plan on spending the rest of your life with this girl. Right. It's like, that's just something you have to factor in. And so after talking to my friends about it for like an hour, I was like, I what am I I thinking? Why am I even hesitating? This is this is what i not only what i want to do but what i want to do for ashley so
1: and it was pretty romantic and cute the way that whenever you guys talked about your relationship on or off the air in front of her behind closed doors it's like you were always talking about how this is your forever person how you know you guys plan on having kids once you guys get to that bridge all that kind of stuff and so it's just like it was always a foregone conclusion that the mar- the engagement was going to happen and so i fully understand where you're coming from where it's like and I think it even goes back to your first Instagram caption when you guys announced the relationship where it's like the second you want your life to be with someone else, you want your life to begin as soon as possible. Well,
2: something. that's a quote from When Harry Met Sally. So that movie is very near and dear to my heart. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Are you familiar with it, Dean? Um, when Harry Met Sally? Nope. Okay. So anyway, long story short, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan are the stars. They are friends for 12 years um, before they finally realize that they are meant to be together. And so the end scene... When Billy Crystal realizes, oh my God, the love of my life is right in front of my eyes, and she's my best friend, and I need to do everything I can to make sure that I end up with her. He goes to a New Year's Eve party where she's lonely and sad, and he comes up and he's like, okay, I've been doing a lot of thinking, and the thing is, I love you. <laughs> and then he goes up, and he's like, he's like, when you realize who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. And that line was something that I really wanted. To, <laughs> I the would great. say I wanted to go to St. Lucia and be like, actually, when you realize who you want to spend the rest <laughs> of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. And so that movie has been, uh, you know, just uh, very influential and important uh, in my life, specifically over the past you know six months because it's just really been. You guys, Very close
1: to my heart. You guys do a great job of incorporating your favorite movies into your uh relationship, I think. I like. think
2: both Ashley and myself, one of the first things we bonded over was the fact that I quoted Jerry Maguire. Right. And she's like, You quote Jerry Maguire. You looked her dead in the eyes and you said, Show me the money. Show me the money. I did a, <laughs> I forget what line I did that won her over, but it was just an obscure line. And um and she was like, Holy Christ, like I'm in trouble. And uh and so we quoted and then we started quoting Rain Man and I love romantic comedies, so does Ashley. And so I've always idolized the guys in the romantic comedy that can like fight for the girl that they want. And like, yes, they have made mistakes and they've done some dumb things. But, you know, at the end of the movie, they're kind of like, I need to go for it, you know, jump all in, fight for the woman I love. And so um, so that's why, you know, let's we're... talk. Little, I don't want to say like, yeah. Let's no, no,
1: no. T- let's talk Neil Lane for a second.
2: Let's talk Neil Lane.
1: So Ashley's might be strutting around, might not be strutting around with a pretty fat rock on her finger right now. Mm-hmm. Can we go through the decision process for the ring that you chose? Are you allowed to st- t- talk much about the ring at all?
2: I can't talk too much about it. Um, but what I can say is that as soon as I saw it, it was obviously I was in conversations about what I wanted and what Ashley wanted, and trying to figure out the best ring for everybody, specifically the best ring for Ashley because that's the most important thing. Um, and as soon as I saw the ring, I knew it was perfect. Um, it was everything I could have possibly imagined and I knew she was going to love it. Um, and, uh, it's actually being fitted right now. She's allowed to wear it because the news is out. It was, well, I'll I'll go into the story in a second, but, um, so she's going to we're going back on the east coast we're visiting my family in Rhode Island and then we're going to go down to Virginia to visit her family so she's going to be wearing the ring which is great we don't have to hide anything cuz the news came out so quickly i mean i can talk about this we got engaged on sunday mm-hmm. and then monday morning we woke up and was like oh that's oh okay that's me on one knee that is it's out there i guess we don't have to hide anything which is very you know refreshing and easy but at the same time very surprising
1: I will say that from the time that you guys left, because from my perspective, all I experienced was you guys leaving, and then within even just a few days of you guys leaving, I saw the news being published or whatever, and I was like, "Well, that was really fast." Like I, I mean, it was- we
2: had no idea it was going to come out that fast. So we flew in on a Saturday, and then you know Sunday, everything went down. And then Monday morning, bada bing, bada boom. I don't know. Like, holy moly. Okay, I guess we we can talk about it.
1: I don't know why. I don't think you wouldn't not be allowed to share this aspect of the post-engagement thing. But can you share the FaceTime that you had? Or the video that was sent to you specifically, but you and Ashley as well from one of your favorite?
2: I can't talk about that, unfortunately. No, you are. What Dean is alluding to is something that you're going to just have to watch on Bachelor in Paradise. They're going to air it, though. Oh, yes. And if they don't air it, then I will be more than happy to talk at length about it. Well, I think we'll all have forgotten about,
1: about it by then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's a funny guy, ladies and
1: gentlemen. Oh, funny guy. He was engaged. I never thought
2: I'd see the day. I'm I not- know. It's so crazy. It's weird when people are like, congratulations on your engagement. It's like, oh my God, that's right. I'm engaged. Because I still sometimes, even not in a bad way, but it's just so crazy, right. right? You wait your entire life to be engaged. And then it's like, no, it's it's here. That was the craziest part about proposing was like, okay, this is Holy moly, this is the mo- the moment that you've all been, that you've waited your entire life for. The be this all is end it. all. The be all end all. This is the only time you're ever going to do it. So, you know, no pressure. Um, but uh, but it's cool. Like sometimes, uh, Ashley would be like, oh, I love my boyfriend. And I'm like, well, I'm not your boyfriend. She's Beyonce. like, holy moly, fiance. It's just weird even saying. But the good thing is we're taking it slow. We're not sure when we're going to get married. We say within a year, uh, no later than next summer. That's because we want, we don't want a very long engagement. We want just kind of like, um, long enough. You know, we want to be engaged. We want to enjoy being fiancés, but we don't want a two or three year engagement.
1: Perhaps maybe exactly one year when you're back in Mexico in June of 2019. <laughs> we'll see. You heard it I here her think, first, folks. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
2: We'll see what the future has in store. But right now we're just really happy. We're kind of soaking in the fact that we're fiancés, enjoying the moment. Um, of course. It's still so, so, so fresh. You're what a week and a half in. I know it's cr- it's it's so it's so fresh. It also just feels like it's so crazy to think that I've only actually dated Ashley for you know four months or so right about now because it feels like I've been with her for forever, okay. if I'm being honest. But in a good way because it's still that lustful puppy love, um, playful type relationship. But it also feels like I've you know been with Ashley for my entire life i know
1: i know you had mentioned something about the east coast and her wearing her ring out out east are you have you guys seen each other's parents in person post engagement no just facetime so we've as
2: soon as we it was funny because we thought we were gonna have like we talked about at least a couple weeks before we before the news came out uh and so we went back to the hotel and we facetime my parents her parents um you know a couple of our close family and friends but not me Deen, baby, baby deeny. <laughs> um, but it was just honestly four or five FaceTimes we were like alright we just gotta FaceTime these people talk about it and then we can go to bed because we were just exhausted after the day and then thinking we had a couple weeks before you know everybody knew so we had plenty of time to call everybody FaceTime everybody and then Monday morning happened and we were like oh boy and it was funny because Ashley tweeted out she's like I haven't even told my grandmother yet uh, so we had a you know we had a lot of people texting us being like what the hell why didn't you tell me it's like oh we well it was a surprise for Ashley I didn't want it to get out and now we didn't think it was going to be out so soon da, da 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 da.
1: So next steps for you guys you mentioned you wouldn't live together until you were engaged yes uh, um is that on the horizon have you guys talked about that at all we've talked about that so Ashley
2: just got a brand new place um with her sister Lauren and so I think we're probably going to wait till uh fall probably sometime in the fall I'll move in okay so uh, a couple more months um but her fake because it. Her apartment's still so fresh. It's she's not even done moving in herself. So I don't want it to. I don't want to bombard her at all. So we'll wait. We'll wait a couple more months, and and I'll I'll probably move in there, and um, that'll be the next step in our relationship.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to say that Ashley began shopping for her wedding dress the second she got back from Mexico after meeting you the first time. But, uh, <laughs> but do you think that she has begun her wedding dress shopping? I know for a fact that she's had people reach out.
2: And she's definitely had conversations. Okay. I I don't think she's looked at any particular dresses. The thing is, Ashley has watched Say Yes to the Dress for years. I watch Say Yes to the Dress now because I'm dating her. Uh, I'm engaged to her. And so um, so she's definitely had people reach out and talk to her. And she has an idea of what kind of dress she wants. So it's very exciting. It's still very new. Um but the cool thing is, it's it's while it's very exciting, and there are all these outside factors about planning a wedding and what's going to happen, dress and wear and blah 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 blah. It's just built on such a strong foundation between Ashley and myself
1: um, that it's very very exciting. Mark my words, I am going to put one hundred dollars down on this that Jared at his wedding, while standing on the altar, altar will be wearing a Superman t shirt under his tuxedo. Uh, Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rip that thing
2: open when she's walking down the aisle. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. S- I can see it and now. And then her dad is quickly just going to turn her around and walk her down the other way. And I'm going to say bye to Ashley. No. Um, Quick question. Answer. How much did she cry during there the engagement? Were, there were tears. So she cried. She cried a lot. She, was, she cried a lot. Um, it was just a very emotional moment that all of you guys will be able to witness, uh, which is weird to say. Um, but um, it was just a really... It was a special moment that I wanted, yeah, I can't really talk too much about <laughs> it, but um, there were a lot of tears. It's just crazy to think that I was able to propose to the love of my life on the beach where we first met. Like That's the crazy part to me is when we were, when we were on the beach, I just kept thinking, wow, three years ago, three years ago, we met at this exact bar. I remember seeing you walking down the stairs with your sister, Lauren, because I don't know if you remember, that was the season that her and her sister came in together. Mm-hmm. And to think three years later, I'd be getting down on one knee on this beach with Ashley.
1: Uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, Jared, one more question for you. Uh, right after you guys announced your relationship, you're, you and Ashley, I asked you a question that you dodged a little bit. I'm going to ask you again, and hopefully you can give us a little bit more of a, a clear answer. Mm-hmm. How is the sex
2: Damn, Dean. <laughs> um, I don't want to dodge it because I don't want to sound like... God, this is hard to answer. No, I mean, it's... I'm not going to answer specifically, but you can... It's... Oh, God, how do I answer this? I know, Easton, you're just just waiting. All right, because I don't want to dodge it because I don't want people to be like, oh, you didn't say anything. It's probably bad because it's not. It's. In... It's... The physical part. All right. All right. right, Let me, let me, I'll answer it this way. I'll answer it this way. Here we go. When we first crossed over from friendship to boyfriend, girlfriend, the only thing that changed was the physical part of our relationship. Everything else has stayed the same. We're best friends. We love hanging out with each other. That was the only difference. And our relationship has only gotten incredibly better since that moment. Because I think that answers the question.
1: It does. But because now you can be best friends. While also being naked in the same bed as as each other, I'm just saying that adds that that amplifies a friendship when you're but able. Not even to... it, it, not just a friendship, <laughs> Dean. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you're able to take it to the next level by like you know you can now be romantic and intimate with each other.
2: Mm-hmm. And I will say it was never awkward. That was the thing that was, um, I don't want to say surprising, but so relieving was you know there's always that little nerves we're like okay now you know we've been best friends for two and a half years now and now we're gonna start making out and holding hands all the time and it was just uh like i said our relationship has only gotten better and that part was uh is is really good (laughs) it's really good like it's great i love kissing her i smother her it's so funny because her dad will see us on facetime and and she'll like be smothering me a little bit and he's like ashley stop smothering him like you, you can't do that. And she's like, no, you don't understand. He smothers me, which I do. I love. I love to. I love smothering her.
1: I feel like you guys both have the personality where a lot of people will think like maybe from an outside perspective, like, oh, they're all over each other all the time. Like it's going to fizzle out. But I feel like both of you are this type of person that neither of you are ever really going to get sick of each other from what I've been able to gather from your relationship. We haven't.
2: that was, so I'll tell you a little story. So we obviously, we went to Mexico on Saturday. We spent pretty much every minute with each other that entire time. Left Wednesday. Um, I stayed at her place Wednesday night. And then Thursday, I think, was when we parted ways for the first time. And she dropped me off because my car was still downtown. And on the way there, I started getting a little separation anxiety. (laughs) I was like, man, I don't want to leave Ashley. But we spent a week straight together. It's healthy if we spend a little time apart. So I wasn't going to say anything. Because I was gonna, I felt like a lunatic being like, I don't wanna leave you. It's been a week straight, but I don't wanna leave you. And then she, out of nowhere, was like, oh, I feel like I'm getting separation anxiety. I don't want you to leave. And I was like, oh, thank God, I feel the same way. And so we, it's, it's so pathetic, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, we, we, we cried.
1: <laughs> you cried? We cried because we were not gonna see each other every each day. Because
2: it was just weird. It was the first time we were engaged. We love mm-hmm. seeing each other. And I think was, she said the cutest thing I've ever heard in my entire life she she was crying and we were both laughing at ourselves cuz we were crying and then she's like I just look at it like every day that I'm not with you is one less day that I get to spend with you. Oh. And I was like Ashley my heart just melted. Aww. Um and so it's it's we don't get sick of each other. We haven't gotten sick of each other. At some point I get a little nervous cuz I know that it's it's going to come eventually, right? There's going to come a time where it's like okay, I need I need a date away from Ashley. That's just marriage, that's relationships, that's what happened. And so uh I just don't know when that day is going to come. But it's pretty cool. We never get tired of each other. The cool thing is, yes, we're fiancés. We're in love. Everything is great. But we're also just best friends, and we love hanging out with each other. And that's the best part of the relationship. That's important.
1: It's so important. I think any successful long-term relationship, marriage, whatever it is, they'll 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 tell you that the basis and the foundation for all that is a solid friendship and being able to be around each other. I completely agree. I mean,
2: everybody always says you want to marry your best friend. And now I'm experiencing that firsthand, and I can't tell I, I, I can't tell you enough how wonderful it is. Um, so... I know it's gonna happen for you. I hate talking about this all the time because I just I do feel like a jerk sometimes because people He's rubbing it in my face. Every it single feels time. like I'm rubbing it in a face, but I also don't want to downplay it because I want people to know how happy I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to balance that line where I'm not trying to show anything off, but at the same time, I don't want people to say, Oh, he doesn't sound that excited because I've never been happier. It was funny, Naz, one of our friends, you know Naz, and she was like She's like, Jared, you're getting better looking. You're glowing. You're pregnant. You're pregnant with love right now. And I was like, I am. I'm just, I've never been happier. And I and I, I couldn't be more grateful for it. And, and Dean, I know it's coming for you. Dean is such a good catch. I just want, I need, I need you. I
1: need, I need Dean to be the
2: bachelor. Oh, God. I nah. need Dean to be the bachelor. That's what needs to
1: happen. You said, I'm, you said it's important to marry your best friend. I'm just trying to think like, would Mike be down to get married to me at some point? Would Jackson be married, down to get married? I'm just trying to think if any of my friends would be willing and open to that type of relationship, you know? I mean, I guess the
2: important question is, are you open to that kind of I'm just saying relationship? you said it's important
1: to marry your best friend, and I'm just starting to think, like, would my best friends even be interested in marrying me? Mm. Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> might have to find that out. Um, anyways, all right, we'll shift gears a little bit. I, I feel bad for grilling you, actually. it's No, funny how you both can kind ask feel me anything you want. Um, I'm sure we'll circle back as kind of this, this whole thing unfolds, and as, you know, we check in with you regularly, about all that kind of stuff, but... Before we get into last night's episode of The Bachelorette, uh, there was some bad news to mix in with your good news. Breaking news, actually, it feels like. Breaking news, uh, Derek Paith and Taylor Nolan's engagement was broken off. It seems like yesterday.
2: Yeah, apparently they put out a statement which reads, it is with much sadness that we've decided to end our engagement. We put everything we could into our relationship and are heartbroken to go forward separately. But we know this is the best decision for the both of us. This is what executives have said. We will still be present in each other's lives with support, admiration, and respect for each other. Um, obviously, it's a very platonic way to just say that you know we've gone on separate ways and broke up and ended the engagement, which I actually... I don't know if I sound like a jerk saying this. I forgot they were engaged <laughs> for a second because when they said when when it was announced when we heard about it, they broke up, I was like, oh, okay, that's sad. And then it hit me. Oh, that's right. They, they were, were engaged because I forgot that he proposed on not after the final rose, but uh, I mean, whatever year after the after show was last right. year. Paradise after show. Paradise after show. So I mean. Is, any, is anybody stunned? Is, I, I, I didn't know Derek and Taylor. I only met Derek a couple times. I've never had the privilege to meet Taylor, So I don't really know the inner workings of their relationship, how good it was,
1: what it was like. So I think, I think this breakup maybe beckons a whole other segment maybe next week, is they got engaged, and they've lived long distance for an entire year of their engagement. Taylor See, lives in Seattle. Derek's lived in New York for a year. Like what did they expect was going to happen?
2: Yeah, did they have any—I mean, you were on Paradise with them. Did they have any plans to move in with each other, or was this just kind of going uh, gr- to go with the flow type
1: thing? Granted, I'm not best friends with either of them. It's not like I talk to them often to ask them kind of what their plan is. But I know that Taylor visited him in New York a few times, and maybe he visited her in Seattle, but you can't You have start- to have some sort of plan. So You have to have some sort of plan. And I think that maybe there were some talks about her moving to New York, and it just never really materialized. But it's like, how do you expect an engagement to be successful and lead to marriage if you don't ever live— with each other in the same city maybe not even in the same house but if you guys live 3500 miles apart from each other you're setting yourself up for failure
2: and it's been a year so that's the, uh, if, the if it ended after a couple months then they said listen we got engaged maybe we rushed into things we weren't going to move i was going to move to new york i wasn't going to move to seattle just wasn't going to work out but now it's been a year so i wonder did they have plans to move with each other because if you get engaged i would imagine okay now we're engaged we're going to you know, either you're moving to New York or I'm moving to Seattle within the next few months or so. At mm-hmm. least have a plan. Some sort of plan. But it's been a year. So did they think that they were going to do a long distance engagement for a year and then hopefully things would get better?
1: I do know that Taylor, or I'm sorry, Derek, before moving to New York, lived in Iowa. Okay. So he got he was living in Iowa. Taylor was living in Seattle. They got engaged and then Derek moved to New York, which frustrates me because I've been in the situation too before where if you're in a relationship with someone... <laughs> and you guys live in different cities, and then that person is moving, after you get in a relationship, they decide to move, and they decide to move to a different city that's not the same city that you're in, and you guys don't have an agreement to move in together. It's like, listen, buddy, you're moving regardless. Like, If you're going to move to New York or you're going to move to Seattle, what's the difference? I'm in Seattle. Come to Seattle. Unless it was a dream job. It's the only thing, because even for a job,
2: you can make arrangements to maybe have some sort of similar job in Seattle, but if it's his actual dream job, where he said he'd been working a very long time to get that, then I can understand moving to New York and then having to really talk further upon where they were going to live. But I don't know. That's tough. I mean, yeah, I thought that they, I mean, obviously they won't be on Paradise. Usually they bring couples to back. Well,
1: that's and that's the thing, too. I thought that they were bringing some couples down for this season's po- uh, Paradise. I know that obviously they brought you and Ashley down, as we discussed, and, and I think that they, they brought other couples down they they as well. I thought that Taylor and Derek were one of those couples. Maybe not.
2: Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, judging by this news, they probably saw it coming, so I'd be shocked if they end up, you know, doing any type of cameo on Paradise together. That'd
1: be weird. These public breakups are always weird too. It's like did they they deliver a joint statement and then both both post on their Instagrams? I'm not really sure how that worked and then E News ran the story. Did they both go to E News and it was like, "Hey, we're going to break up."
2: I think, you know, I mean, the, with the public breakup, I, I'm sure it you, you know you're in the public eye, right? So you don't owe anybody anything. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Having said that, everybody assumes you're in a public relationship. So for example, if Derek and Taylor broke up but they never announced anything, wouldn't you just assume that... They'd be, even if Derek was just posting pictures of himself on Instagram, would you just assume that they're still together?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, if you don't have any reason to assume otherwise, but then people obviously start saying like, oh, you haven't posted with your significant other in exactly. a month. You so, guys are definitely broken up.
2: So isn't it easier just to get ahead of the story and say, hey, listen, it sucks. We don't want to announce it, but it's probably just easier this way rather than people making rumors, and assumptions. And then we're probably going to have to talk about it later down the road anyway. So might as well just talk about it right now. Get it over with. Put it out there. Obviously, News is going to run it because... I mean, you've been in this world long enough, where rumors swirl, people you know um, hear stories and ask questions, and so it's very easy to just put it out there. That so. makes
1: sense. I don't know. Um, I, I'm so I'm in a group chat with both of them from Paradise last year. Like we have a big group chat as a, pretty much all of the original cast members that were there, <clears throat> and there were no indicators leading up to this breakup from what I saw. Granted, like we obviously don't text each other every day, even in that group chat, but. There was nothing that would make any of us, I feel like, feel like they were going to break up, which is just surprising, I guess. But like you said earlier, like, oh, they forgot they were engaged. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like you guys were basically in a long distance relationship for the entirety of your relationship. You didn't really give it a fair chance to begin with. You know, you, Potentially. you, you never even let the freaking plane leave the runway. You were just sitting in the freaking uh, terminal the whole time.
2: Yeah, waiting for things to take off. Yeah, yeah. Potentially, like I said, I don't really know the inner workings of the relationship. I've only met Derek a couple times, but um, you know, you know. I mean, like I said, does it shock anybody? <laughs> I'm not trying to even be a jerk when I say that, but is it, I don't even mean just Derek and Taylor, but, you know, we've seen so many public relationships and then public breakups that I think a lot of us are just becoming numb to it. It's like, oh, Derek and Taylor didn't work
1: out. Oh, well. I swear, to, I swear, Jared, if we see one of these with you and Ashley, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm oh, rioting, boycotting. It's not going to happen. Doing whatever it takes to make sure that it's not true. I'm very confident <laughs> it won't happen. <laughs> Well, I guess, uh,
2: I mean, we saw, well, what about, so you, t- you talked about public breakup for a second. You obviously had one just a few months ago. You don't have to get into the details about it, but what made you guys say, okay, we're going to announce it?
1: You're no, that's a great question. It, it was tricky too. Um, that whole situation was just weird, weird, weird. I kind of feel uncomfortable even talking about it, to be honest, but I will, I mean, I, I have You you know,
2: you don't have to talk about it, but just, was there anything where you guys said, Hey, it's better if we just announce it rather than let people assume we're not together anymore.
1: No, but what was weird was before we even had the chance to announce anything, E News ran an article about us breaking up. Like, interesting. Befo- before anything was even ha- like even happened, really, they ran an article of us being broken up. Did you guys know that the article was coming out? So my friend who works at E News texted me and said, "Hey, just so you know, I'm running an article about you today." And I was like, "Oh, what's the article?" And she goes, "Oh, it's you and Leslie breaking up." And I'm like, "Well, we aren't broken up. Were you guys broken up?" No, we weren't. You guys were still together when E! News reported that you guys were broken up. So, no. When she texted me that... It was just a weird situation. So, she texted me that they were going to run an article early in the morning. And I was like, "Um, okay, that's weird because we're not broken up. Like, what's your source? And she's like, we can't tell the sources, whatever, whatever. And then later that day is when Leslie and I broke up. And then so, when they ran the article itself... like. technically we were broken up but when they told me that they were were, they were gonna run the article we hadn't been broken up yet
2: and pretty much so they knew it was coming
1: and so what was weird about that situation is then I feel like both of us Leslie and I were backed into our corner and we're like oh well like they ran an article about us breaking up are we supposed to now post for ourselves about the breakup or do we just go about living our lives on Instagram as we normally would and just kind of forget about it altogether. Yeah,
2: know? and letting people, you know, read the article if they want and assume whatever they yeah. care to. Uh what but you guys obviously were we don't have to get the inner workings, but when you found out that the article was coming out, you guys both of you guys knew it was pretty much over. Cuz there's no I mean, unless you're yeah. telling me that there was an article ran that you guys broke up and then 5 hours later you that's, guys broke that's, up. That's
1: that's the incredibly confusing thing is it's like what how how and why did they want to run an article about us breaking up when there was no inkling or like leading up to that you know and again i feel really we're talking about this because i don't know i don't know why but i had just gotten back from india um like leslie and i hadn't been together for what three weeks or so and i guess people were just assuming and maybe e-news took it that assumption and ran with it and they're like we're just gonna publish this story i mean it's e-news it's not like it's the freaking wall street journal or new york times or something like that
2: still though i don't know if they would publish any type of story like that on a on a gut feeling
1: it, it was just a weird situation, too. It was and weird. I don't know. Like, I don't know, where,
2: I don't know. And I think with any type of public breakup, and then specifically going back to Derek and Taylor, there's no right way to do it. Any way you do it, it's going to be weird and uncomfortable. You're in a public relationship that people are invested in. It's just weird to have to announce, um, so it, it didn't work out, but we still are friends. And it's just an awkward, awkward statement to release. Like it's, a joint statement. I think the joint yeah.
1: statement is the way to go. Like I think uh, so, too. Claire and Benoit did a joint statement. <clears throat> it seems like Taylor and Derek did a joint statement. It's um, just easier that way, you know, just to put it out there together, move on with your
2: lies. Um, I think it's easier just to make a public announcement. We did not do a joint statement.
1: What'd you guys do? Just put her on the list. <laughs> the Instagram, yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, that's pretty much a joint statement because you guys posted each on your own Instagram, which is somewhat of a, a weird joint statement, I would say. Because it would be weirder if one of you guys posted
1: and the other one didn't. Let's. That stop, would be let, the weird thing. Let's stop talking about this. Not anyway, even you in particular, Taylor but... Wish them the best. Um, you know, even if the relationships don't work out, obviously you still want the individual to be happy. So hopefully it's for the best. Hopefully they really are both in good places. You know, it's hard to break off an engagement. I've never done it, but I can only, it's hard enough to break up with a girlfriend. I can yeah. only imagine breaking up with a fiance. I know.
2: Well, at least, you know, they didn't cross the threshold. And so they don't have to break up as husband and wife. That would have been far worse. So we'll see. Hopefully the best for him. Let's talk
1: about last night's bachelorette real quick. What are your thoughts about Jordan versus David? The two on one, yeah. So last night we had the showdown, the infamous two on one that we have every (laughs) single season, Jordan versus David, and it ended pretty much exactly how I had wanted it to end. I hate, well, I don't want to say the word hate, but I strongly disliked both of those Mm -hmm. characters on the show, mostly. And at the end, at the end of this, and I feel like a lot of people will be able to agree with me on this is. At first, you're like a little annoyed at the Jordan for always kind of stirring everything up, but then by the end of it, you're like, David is is just as bad, if not worse, than Jordan through through all of this.
2: I think we both thought David was worse. Yeah. the worser part of this. Your English uh, is on point. Today. It's on <laughs> I love point. It.
1: Sorry. Uh, yeah, David was the the lesser. And it's it's funny too because it's the same thing that happened on my season. There was a villain and there was a guy that he kind of villainized a little bit more than the rest. It was Blake and Waboom and by the end of it you're like well Blake is is just more frustrating now than the villain is because he's the one that's like making his entire universe about that other guy when he should be making it about the girl that's kind of what david did it's like whenever david talked to becca he was talking about jordan and not about their relationship
2: yeah even yesterday in the two-in-one david pulled becca aside and he's like hey it's really great being here but in the spirit of being honest jordan sucks yeah and it's like why would you even dive into that conversation talk about yourself you talked about jordan the entire experience so far it's always the guys that go on the show that talk about other guys that are the ones that self-destruct
1: right and if you apply that to real life dating think about going on a date with someone in the real in the real world, I'll say that term lightly because obviously, Bachelorette is a real world. It's just a little bit more of an amplified version of it. But of like, you don't go on a date with someone, first date, third date, whatever it is, and just start trashing other people. I, I guess how would how would it apply though? Maybe so if it would be was... like
2: you'd go on a date with a girl that used to have a thing with one of your buddies, and maybe like,
1: maybe it, still has like an ongoing thing with someone or something like that.
2: Maybe, and but it's also not like a friend; it's just like a guy that you know. And so you're like, hey, what's going on? I'm really happy to go on this date. By the way, the guy that you know you were dating that you still kind of talk to, he sucks, and he's dishonest, and he's lying to you, and he's not here for the right reasons, and she's like, we're at a dive bar. What do you mean <laughs> the right reasons?
1: The reasons are to get drunk and see
2: if we like each other. That's about as simple as it is. That's the right reasons right there. And so I think David, I, I hate saying it because he seems like a nice guy, but man, he was just so annoying with the Jordan thing because he could not help himself. And that was the frustrating part was that there comes a time where you got to let things go. And I think Jordan was very much ready to let it go. He wasn't talking too much before the two-on-one. He wasn't talking about David unless it was like his ITMs and he was trying to be funny. And then, but David, just every time, even before the two-on-one, we was like, oh, you're going to bring your Colton underpants? Like, yeah. you know, do I need to know about any underwear? It's like, David, let it go. Let and it go. I think I think Colton said it perfect, actually, perfectly. When... Excuse me. Um, After the 2 on woman, David's suitcase was taken away. He's like, he went in with the wrong attitude. And he's completely accurate. I think David just saw Jordan as the bad guy. And David was like, oh, okay. But if I'm against the bad guy, that makes me the good guy. guy." And I think that was his um, path, his direction. Like, if that (sighs) makes any sense.
1: Well, so then let's apply this maybe to a similar but different situation. If your friend is dating someone that you don't like, do you tell your friend that his girlfriend is no good? um like where's that boundary where's that boundary set
2: i think you should put out feelers but i feel like it always ends badly when you talk to a friend and you're like listen they your boyfriend sucks um like somebody in my life that i know likes to date a project somebody that she feels like she can fix so to speak Mm -hmm. um and If I were to tell her that, hey, listen, I think your boyfriend sucks and he's a bad person, she'd be like, no, 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 no. He's just misunderstood. Uh, You don't get him. He loves me for who I am. He's so good to me. And it's like, yeah, that's fine, but he's probably cheating on you as well. And so I think there is a line where you have to um, sensitively
1: approach the subject. Especially if you don't have concrete evidence of anything.
2: Yeah, you have no concrete evidence. It's just a vibe. You don't like them. And so you go up to them. Because the problem is if you tell your friend that you don't like their significant other, that Mm -hmm. could create this tension. Tension, And she might choose the significant other because she could easily or he or she could easily be like, well, you don't get it. You don't understand. You're not Mm -hmm. in our relationship. Um, And so and I think there's a little like rebellion factor to it.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I will say so. The only situation that comes to mind for me in this sense is back when I was living in Colorado in Denver. Um, my one of my best friends was dating this girl who we used to work with, and she was just a, kind of a little cuckoo at times. And he was like kind of blinded by it. She was this beautiful girl, and he like saw that only and only that. And from his friend's perspective, I was like, "Listen, bud." I love you and I'll always support the decisions that you make, but like, I just wish you could see the sides of crazy to her that everyone else sees that maybe you're not seeing quite as much. And like, he's like, no, it's fine. Like, she's good. She's great. She treats me well, blah, blah, blah. And their relationship was very tumultuous and and, and kind of like a roller coaster. And by the end of it, once they've officially broken up, like once and for all they you know, they broke up and got together multiple times. But by the end of it, he was like, I should have like listened to you. I should have listened to the rest of my totally. friends saying like how crazy she is and how we weren't good together and all this kind of stuff. But and while you're in the moment, I think it's like it's easy to get lost and caught up in the relationship and then kind of like discount everything that your friends are saying about it. I completely agree. You just have blinders
2: under the relationship and you romanticize everything. And so I think you should obviously tell a friend, listen, if you think that they're doing something really shady, you should approach it. But you have to approach it in a sensitive way, because if you go to them and say, hey, listen, your boyfriend sucks, then they're going to be like, well, screw you. Why? You're not <laughs> yeah. a very good friend to me. Right. Like you just don't understand. You don't get it. And so and I think also there's a factor the. The more you tell someone you shouldn't be with them, the more they want to be with them.
1: You think? I think so. Just like the anti-authoritarian in everyone? Of course, so it's like- yeah.
2: Think about, like, specifically maybe uh, a parent. Yeah. Like uh, a mom disapproving of a boyfriend. I think there might be times where the girlfriend's like, I want to rebel.
0: Oh, absolutely. But isn't the parent... high? It's hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Isn't Mark. the parent always right in that situation? It seems to me that every girlfriend <laughs> my parents have hated over the years, they were a thousand percent right. Yeah. No, they are right. But here's the thing with that is I feel like as, as a child, you have to
1: be, you kind of are more like, all right, well, let me figure this out for myself. Like, yeah. you think you know what's best for me, but let me prove to myself that you're, that I'm going to figure it out on my own kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to think back. I don't think any of my siblings or parents ever like disagreed with the person I was dating, but there were... I was definitely the person that my girlfriend's parents didn't like her dating. If you know what I mean. <laughs> and she was very much the contrarian and wanted to rebel against her parents Why? and all that kind of stuff. You
0: seem like a parents dream. What is it about you that parents
1: don't like? Well, the only thing that comes to mind is Carmel who we've had on mm-hmm. this podcast before. Yeah. It was high school. I was like constantly sneaking out of my house. I was constantly you know getting in trouble with like the the school and like the police of just like I don't know. Damn, Dean! <laughs> wow, like, the like police! Bad, but like you know, like un- like high school students do, like they they go underage drinking, they go to bonfires, mm-hmm. campfires, all that kind of stuff. And I think my girlfriend's parents saw this and like saw me like sneaking into their house at night on a on a Tuesday. He's a and bad be, boy, yeah, yeah and just being like, this guy is not good for my daughter right now. Like, get him out of here. So, I mean, I don't disagree with you that parents typically do know best, but there is still it's like a funness factor to the relationship. I, feel I wonder
0: like. if Carmel knows that her parents were right about Dean well that's the thing with
1: the- <laughs> I wonder if that's her opinion now <laughs> I don't think that she has the closest relationship with her parents anymore mm-hmm. but I will say like Carmel and I are still friends we're still on good terms I don't I mean, I don't use the term friend because we don't talk ever but um I don't know good terms. It, was, it was just it was just a
0: funny situation we get a lot of emails on this exact subject I can't stand my friend's boyfriend should I say something uh, what do you do in that situation? You're saying it's a bad idea to get involved. Well, I don't think it's a bad idea. I just think you have to approach it in a
2: sensitive way because I think also if you start telling somebody all the bad things that this, that like their boyfriend or girlfriend have, they're going to start focusing on all the good things. Because for every bad thing you say, they're going to say, well, yes, but at the same time, they treat me so well and they're so loyal and so honest. And you're like, yeah, but they do this. But then the other person will be like, but they do that. And then that kind of goes on. But if you're like, no, he's great. He's wonderful. Then maybe they, start, they might actually open their eyes a little bit and start focusing on some of the bad things too. Ashley's parents are crazy about you? Uh, I've been very, very lucky for the past three years that the fact that I've had a very good relationship with her parents I've been over her house numerous times I think the first time I met them was in October of 2015 and they've been so nice to me and so gracious when they really didn't have to be. I'm so grateful to have in-laws like them. And she um, said
0: on the Almost Famous podcast that you did reach out to her parents unbeknownst to her.
2: Yes, so I called. I didn't want them to have to keep the secret too long so I called her dad I texted her dad actually I said, Mr. Iconetti, whenever you have a second, I'd love to talk to you. Please don't tell Ashley I'm reaching out. Oh, he
0: knows exactly what's going on. No,
2: he did not. He, he didn't? Well, first he texted back, who's this? <laughs> uh, and so. Um, oh, that's great. And um, and so. <laughs> and then I responded and said, it's it's Jared. I just want to talk to him for a few minutes. And he says, everything okay? I said, everything is fine. Um, just a couple minutes on the phone of your time, please. So he called me about 10 or 15 minutes later. And we talked on the phone for about. 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, I started the conversation just asking how he's doing, what's up, blah, 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 blah. And then I went into like this four minute monologue about my feelings towards Ashley and everything that's happened over the past three years and how, where I see our relationship going and how important she is to me and how wonderful, um, you know, uh, how much of a lucky guy I'd be to be part of your family, so on and so forth. And then finally I, I said, you know, as you well know, we're playing, as you know, we're making a cameo in paradise and I wanted to ask for your permission to ask for her hand in marriage. Um, And so he was like, very well done, Jared, very well done. Uh, And he just said some really wonderful things and said he'd be uh, very proud to have me as a son in law. So and then that's when I asked if I should tell uh, Ashley's mom because Ashley's mom has no poker face. I love her so much. But you know, like any mom, she would be so excited. How can you possibly contain that? And he was like, listen, I trust my wife. She would never spoil anything like this. So I called uh, her mom later that day. We talked on the phone for like a half hour. And, um, and you know, she was very excited. She said, said something that was so sweet, though. She said, of all the guys that Ashley's has ever, you know, dated or, you know, been around, she's like, you're the only guy that I would. Um, want as a son-in-law and so that was very 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 sweet of her to say and so her and her mom, I get along with her mom famously though I remember the first time I ever met her we sat in the living room for like 45 minutes and just talked about everything and anything and then this was like I said back in 2015 and at the end of the conversation she goes are you sure you're not going to date Ashley <laughs> and I said listen I don't know what the future has in store but um, we shall see this like Eddie. so so yes of course I reached out I had to Come on. I, I, you I do. To. You have to. So it was, it was a little interesting, though, because when I was down in Mexico, I was talking to Tanner and Evan about it, and I was like, oh, you know, I had to call the dad. You know, I'm sure you guys went through the same thing. And they were like, no, we what? didn't actually. And oh, because like, they didn't oh, have the opportunity right. to. You never oh, had the opportunity to. Yeah. You guys got engaged on the show. Yeah. It was so funny. Tanner was like, yeah, you're an ass." I was like, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking.
1: Because it would have been so weird. Could you imagine, like, well, Tanner or Evan calling? What if Tanner called him after the proposal and was like, Hey, I don't know. uh Roper is Jade's Jade, yep. name. So, Mr. She, Roper. so he goes, "Hey, Mr. Roper, I know we've never met each other. I know you have no idea who I am, but just so you know, I've already asked your daughter to marry me, and she said yes. And whether I have your blessing or not, we're gonna go <laughs> through that. Be, right, wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be more odd? As a, way
0: more. Uh, right? As a father, yes. would you? Lose no, that? that's not acceptable. I mean, my daughter's <laughs> my oldest is twelve, so we're yeah. not there yet. But that's not acceptable.
2: Yeah. So as a, as a dad, if, say, hypothetically, your daughter went on Bachelor on <laughs> This is paradise. weird for me, but... Exactly. Oh, gosh. So 30 days... Le- so she was going for 30 days, so you yeah. have no idea if she's engaged or summer not. Summer camp. It's summer camp. She goes off to a summer camp, potentially gets engaged. She comes back, and she says, hey, I got engaged to this guy. I want you to meet him. So the guy calls you. Oh.
1: Hey, Mr. Wong, no. I just <laughs> proposed to your daughter at yeah. summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you rather have the guy
0: that you have no idea who he is you might or have anything to explain about? That, yeah, uh, would I would you rather. Have I don't him? want a phone call. He needs to come and talk to me. Personally,
2: yes. I see. I t- I wanted to do that as well, but unfortunately, I'm in Los Angeles. Her dad was in Virginia. No, There's I get no way that. of me getting. No, there.
0: I called my father, my future now father-in-law as well, because I was in Los Angeles and they were in Wisconsin. So you, sometimes you don't have a choice, and I of get course. that. And just like you, I went to the last possible second before Amy and I went out of town, so his mo- her mother wouldn't spoil it because it's the same poker face yes. reason. So it's funny that it's very similar. I feel like a lot of moms probably I do think so the too. same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I had a nerve. I had a, no- a difficult time telling my own mom because I was like, "You cannot like." I was afraid my mom was going to like text Ashley and just be like, I hope you have fun in paradise with like some sort of smiley emoji. Cause that's exactly what my mom would do, which would be a dead giveaway. So I was like, mom, you, you can't do anything, right? You can't do anything. And some of my friends who, um, it's just like, like T- Tanner, one of my buddies knew and, 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 and he was like, should I like, you know, set up this text? Should I like you know try to like allude to maybe we're not getting engaged i was like no less is more let's just everybody everybody stay calm nobody overreact <laughs> let's just get through this i don't want her to know anything or as least as little as possible so i was right there
0: beautiful Should we can we tell the wong story real quick so they know why you just called me mr wong just
1: to catch him up sure <laughs> please go feel free to well we've talked about it before but yeah we have yeah. i don't remember talking about no, it no we have maybe we haven't talked about it on air
0: See, I don't think we have on air. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Please enlighten the, the uh, listeners. I, I worked for Rick Dees about 10 years ago, and we did a morning show on a station called Movin 939 9 that doesn't exist anymore in Los Angeles, but he asked me to be the news guy on his morning show. My name is Mark Molnitsky, uh, very Czechoslovakian name. And he said, I'd love for you to be my news guy. I said, wow, that's really exciting. Thank you so much. I'd love to do that. And he said, I'd like your name to be Mark Wong. And the reason was he loved the phrase, you heard it right from Wong. Oh, God. As a news guy. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. And that was my catchphrase. That's it. You heard it right from Wong. Did I'm say- Mark Wong on Moving 93.9. And that was the deal. So that's why I was Mark Wong for two and a half years. But it was tough for my wife because she would tell people my husband's Mark Wong and they would immediately look to our children expecting to see these multi-ethnic children. Of course. And, and we're, we're from Wisconsin. Yeah. We're not. There's no Asian in us whatsoever. <laughs> and so that was always confusing for people. And I would make appearance and people would not expect me to look the way I look. It was very strange for three years. But that's why Dean just referred to me as Mr. Wong.
2: I'm only referring to you as Mr. Wong from now on. <laughs> that's fine. You are I, no other I think it's incredible. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to uh, further things about last night's episode. Chris, who yes. had a bit of a self-destruction moment himself. Yeah, he was self-destructing last night. What was he so mad about again? He he was coming off the group date super hot after the whole performance at the uh, the bar or the, whatever it was, the yeah, show. Yeah, the singing with the And then he didn't get any time at the, the later portion of the date. Which was his own fault. He never went up to her.
2: As being one of the guys on The Bachelorette, you
1: have to make the effort, bro. 100% his own fault for not going up and talking to Becca. And then come rose ceremony cocktail hour, he got some time with Becca, and Becca was a little upset with him <laughs> for not, I guess, inserting himself when she felt like he should have and that's what she would want in a partner and then he starts like getting on his heels and back petting a little bit and be like oh well I don't remember exactly what he said." Well I
2: remember at the so it was at the group date and then at the night portion the cocktail portion portion, he didn't go up to her and then she sat back down she's like I'm sorry I didn't get to spend some time with everybody I think he was the only guy that didn't have time so he was kind of getting a little mad that she didn't come up to him which is absolutely ridiculous she gives the rose to Blake he gets a little pissy about it and then he said he was going to go home and that's what started the entire thing. I hated how he said he wanted to go home over and over and over again. It kind of reminded me of like like a, a a toddler who doesn't get a toy. And they're like, Well, if I don't get this, I'm gonna run away and then you'll be sorry. And it's like, listen, Chris, if you want to go home, um, I'm sure Becca's gonna be
1: just fine with it. Like, I hate when people threaten uh threaten somebody with leaving. And I think I think the reason that they do that, and maybe that Chris did it the last night as well, was like I'm going to see how much she cares about me by seeing how hard she fights for me to stick around kind of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I will say that there was a point during my bachelorette experience where my journey, if you will, where we were at a cocktail hour and I was like, listen, guys, like I'm exhausted. I don't know what's going on. Like I, I like want to go home. Like I miss my friends. I miss my home. I miss everything about like being back just in California around like my usual life. Cause you're, you're gone for like six weeks at that point too. Mm-hmm. And they're like, listen, like, this is part of the journey, like this is like everyone goes through this. And then eventually I was like, Oh, you're right, like I'm just being dramatic right now, whatever of it is. I think that he just had he had such a big meltdown. I don't know exactly what it is. I think like he maybe sees other relationships progressing faster, like a like a Garrett, Blake, Colton all seem to be doing really, really well for themselves. And he thinks he's the front runner too. And then he's like, Oh wait, like I thought I'm putting everything out there and I'm still not even top of the pecking order. Like maybe I should just go home kind of thing.
2: And I think everybody goes through that, but everybody is allowed to have a moment. But his wasn't a moment. His was an ongoing thing because this bled into the rose ceremony mm-hmm. where he did the exact same thing where he was, just felt like Becca was mad at him and he was like, I just want to go home. This is ridiculous. And th- that's what bothered me. It wasn't. <clears throat> it's fine to have a moment of weakness and say, I want to go home because we all were there, right? We were like, it's exhausting and this process is very difficult and there's still 10 other guys. And while I feel confident, I'm not sure where the hell I am. Um, I just kind of want to go home and sleep in my own bed and back in my comfort zone. But with him, it was more of, I'm going to go home because it was, he was using it more as a threat towards Becca. That's what I felt like. It was more of like, if she doesn't show me more, I'm going to go home. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, but it's not her responsibility
1: to show him more. It's his responsibility to show her more. Because he's one of the guys,
0: yeah. yes. That's yeah, yeah. just the
2: way the show works. For example, when it's The Bachelor and you're one of the girls, it's your responsibility to show the one man more than he has to show back. I mean, that's just the way the, the, the entire Bachelor franchise works.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: But And so Chris started melting down a little bit, and then it went into the cocktail party. But it was super funny when he went up. So he had his time, and then he went back up to get more time, and he interrupted Will's. And Will's reaction was perfect. Where he was like, I'm gonna give you two minutes. And Will's got up to his credit, gave him even if it wasn't a full two minutes, it was a minute. And then he came back and I hated the way Chris kind of approached it again, where he was like, He's like, This you can't give me more. You can't give me more. Like I just need five minutes. I just need and then he was like, But man, this is really important. And I loved Will's um response to that when he was like, What, my time's not important?
1: Right. And that's such an awkward thing too. It's because you don't want to be disrespectful to him, the other guy, disrespectful to her, Becca and disrespectful to yourself and so you're like okay like there's so much going on I don't want it to look like I'm a pushover and get up right away but I also want to be respectful and like polite and allow you to uh, grasp at whatever straws you need to grasp at here and I think Wills handled it entirely appropriately like he was respectful he gave him some time even though he probably shouldn't have no yeah and then his fun- time is just as important what was funny too is when Wills came back to sit down on the couch and Jason or uh I'm sorry Chris was sitting there and Chris is like well, so, like, well, Wills, you're going to be super angry at me. And Wills is like, no, I'm not angry at you, man. Like, No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah, I never said you disrespected me. That's you, what he said. All right. I hope you got what you think you needed out of that.
2: And so, I'm listen, I'm glad that Chris got a rose because, like we talked about, yeah, it wasn't a good moment for him. He had a bad couple of nights, which is frustrating. But if he gets the rose and is able to move forward and actually learn from this, then I'm all for it. But judging by the preview, apparently him and Lincoln get into it. So it doesn't look like he learned from his mistakes, unfortunately.
1: Um, I agree. Um, So before we jump into this third and final segment of the day, we're going to share with you a podcast that we're all pretty excited to hear about. Yeah, that we are. So let's uh, let's hear about it.
0: The Thread is a new hit podcast from Aussie Media that explores
1: history's surprising connections in order to discover how one thing leads to another, like how
0: movie moguls in early Hollywood helped spark the Me Too movement today. Get it on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen podcasts are awesome aren't they they're so they're great right there's so many different ways to go with this sure you know what they say about podcasters right
1: what do they say they say those who can do and those who can't do podcasts, podcasts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think that's true that's vaguely true <laughs> uh do you want to do some emails let's do them jamie has a question for those in relationships so mostly jared and mark she says sorry Yay. dean Do you ever feel pressure to make your significant other smile or laugh when they're feeling sad or grumpy? How do you deal with when they're in that mood where they won't just smile at anything? I always take it personally when my fiancé is grumpy and won't smile at anything I say. I know I shouldn't, but I can't help it sometimes. How do you deal with your fiancé slash wife in a mood and there's nothing you can do about it? Mark, after you. I've been married for, uh, this summer will be 16 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think space is important in a relationship. And I think when the other partner is grumpy, and it could be my wife or it could be me, I think the message that is unconsciously being sent is I need a little space right now. And I think that's what you should do for your fiancé. Just leave him be a little bit. Because as much as we love our spouses and we love our families, you know, like we've joked about in the past, there's a reason that dads with kids spend a lot of time in the bathroom. They just need a few minutes to themselves. Yeah. And so sometimes it gets a little overwhelming when you all live in a house that isn't necessarily that big. You need, it gets a little bit crowded sometimes. So I think that's the main thing is to give them some space.
2: I would agree. Sometimes you just need to go outside and get some air. Yeah. And then you it clears your head and you're like, why the hell was I just so mad? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll even, sometimes uh, I'll just take a drive and like listen to music. I'll drive for like 10 minutes and then it'll be just, I'll be centered again. It was kind of funny though when you're talking about how so many guys spend so much time in the bathroom. <laughs> there was an ongoing joke last year with the news the Patriots with Tom Brady Tom Brady was early at the stadium every day and there was this ongoing rumor that he was like he needed to get out of the house so he's like all right honey (laughs) I'm going to the stadium seven hours before the game I gotta get out of here um but yeah I I think listen you have to handle each differently like for me I you know I know Ashley well enough where I can like know how to handle her in a grumpy mood and I Mm -hmm. think she knows how to handle me as well and it all really is different, but I think space is a good universal idea to deal with that. There's just no downside to it. You know, yeah. leave
0: them be for a little bit. And if they if they need some, they'll come find you. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. All right. There we go. Dean, anything to add? I think you guys said it all. All right. This Bingo. is from a confused dater, she calls herself. I never thought I'd be in a friends-with-benefits relationship, but here I am. We slept together recently for the first time before we did. I told him, I'm not sure I'm really into you right now, but I'm physically attracted to you, and I'm very in the mood. Well, Great. He was fine with that. I'll bet he was. Since then, we've hung out a few more times and continued to have sex. It's great. I'm enjoying it for what it is, and also know that if you wanted to end things, I would not be heartbroken. It's taken me a while to get over my ex, and this is the first time I feel like I've gotten my swag back. But it feels weird telling people I'm just using him primarily for sex. I mean, it could lead to more, but I'm not really feeling it. From a man's perspective, do you think that friends with benefits situations are implied? Or is this a conversation we need to have? I feel like the man in this situation. I want to date again and date other people, but still continue with this until I have feelings for someone else. For those of you who have been in those situations, what is the friends with benefits conversation like? Or does it even have to happen?
1: I think the tricky thing with these situations specifically is... What is your interaction on a weekly basis with this person via conversation? Are you texting each other? Are you asking how your days are going? All that kind of stuff, because that's the kind of stuff that's going to lead uh, a, a purely physical relationship into an emotional one, probably more for you than for him, I would think. And if that doesn't happen, like if you guys basically just meet up every Friday or Saturday night and like hook up and then go about your week and then just kind of come back to that every week, then that's purely a friends with benefits situation. But that's kind of what we don't see with this specifically is what's happening regularly conversationally that you know we're we're kind of oblivious to because I think that's kind of where it all draws from.
2: Yeah. I also think <clears throat> I think the only time you have to really bring up a friends with benefits conversation is if you are sleeping with other people. Because then that yeah, gets, that's true. You, you, I think that's the only conversation you really need to have mm-hmm. is okay, if we are friends with benefits, are we hooking up with other people? Because then that brings in a whole different conversation. Um uh, but I think right now, yeah, you guys are fine. There's nothing wrong with having a friends with benefit. Like uh, I, I get that people feel awkward talking about it, but it's certainly not embarrassing in any way. It is just a physical need that human beings have to have. Like that's just that's just the way it is. That's mm-hmm. the way life is. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. There's nothing wrong with having a friends with benefit. If you guys just like the physical part of your relationship, but you guys don't want to dive in any more, then do exactly what Dean was saying. Where just as long as you guys are both comfortable comfortable, text each other and be like, hey, you wanna hook up tonight?
0: And she's getting her swag back. I mean, this is working
2: for her. She's getting over her ex this way. Exactly. And doesn't it work in a lot of ways? It brings about, like, anytime you start hooking up, you start feeling better about yourself and you start building a little bit more confidence. You just have to be safe about it and have open communication. You don't want to lead anybody on.
0: Okay, but does the communication involve the conversation that she's asking about? Because my feeling is, and this might be a little too much of a guy thought. Mm-hmm. My guy thought on this is the conversation could ruin this.
2: I agree, and so that's where. You but have to you
0: want to have communication and right. make sure you're both on the same page. So how do
2: you make both happen? I think, like Dean said, it all depends on what the conversations are like. If you guys are talking every other day, then you might need to have a talk. But if you guys are talking once a week and that one time is to set up a date <laughs> when you guys hook up, I think you're fine.
1: Right? Okay. All right. But I do think Mark has a great point. It's like the second you have the conversation, I'm trying to think of what (laughs) it applies. It's like Schrodinger's cat. It's like once you address it, then that's what it becomes sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you ask the person like, hey, so we're just going to have we're just going to hook up with each other and that's going to be it. Then the other person is like, oh, wait, whoa, I don't want to hook up with you at all anymore kind of thing. So it's like it's it's kind of a I don't know. Maybe it catch twenty two in a sense, but it, well, why would the other
2: person not want to hook up anymore?
1: I don't know. It's just like once you address it, and maybe like they thought that it was leading to something more, and then you were very open and like, uh,
2: isn't it better than you address it early on rather than leading them on? Absolutely. So maybe it's
1: best if they talk. Okay, you're right. 100% no, stop. Go not. We're, we're just it. having a conversation. No, yeah? we're not. Come on. We need to take definitive stances here. I think yeah, you're right. Maybe address it and just be like, hey, uh, what what we have going on is great. Let's continue to do what we're doing and not think anything else of it.
2: Hypothetically speaking, what if they are talking once a week
1: and it is only to set a time to hook up? And if that's what she wants, then maybe they should just keep doing that. Exactly, right? So I think it all depends. As long as they're having protected sexual intercourse with each other. I agree. You just,
2: yeah, because that's the friends with benefit, that's where it gets gray is the fact that, well, say I go on a date and it goes really well, and then I go on another date and we end up hooking up. Because then it's like, I don't know if that's really fair for anybody involved. So just be safe.
1: I really
0: haven't heard much since he said Schrodinger's cat. Can you explain
1: that to me? Because that sounds interesting. You don't know Schrodinger's cat? I don't know that. Uh, Schrodinger uh, was—I don't remember exactly. It was either a scientist or a philosopher from a while ago, where he devised this experiment where he put a cat in a shoebox, and in that shoebox with the cat was like a piece of—I can't remember what it was—something that could kill the cat the second he gets into it. And basically, the cat is both alive and dead until you open the box to observe the cat. So if you open the box and the cat is dead you killed the cat but if you didn't if you don't open the box then the cat is still presumed alive which makes you innocent in the sense so it's like up until you up until you observe something for what it is it can be either things beforehand you know what i mean right and and if you observe it dead then it's your fault for killing the cat but if you don't observe it at all then you're remain kind of innocent in that sense so that's kind of the thing that i'm thinking of it's like until you observe this friends with benefits relationship for what it is it can be either thing
0: that you both want it to be you know what I mean? That's really it's really intelligent, Dean, what you just did there. <laughs> yeah. I'm very impressed with that. Thanks, Mark Long. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, let's do another one. This is Marley. Two years ago, I moved to Australia and I was using apps to meet people. After three dates with this guy, he said he was looking for someone to seriously date. I said, I don't know. I'm mostly looking to meet people. Year and a half goes by, we become very close friends. Well, one night we're drinking heavily, we go back to his place. Things weren't working on his end, and he started freaking out. Oof. He said he'd wanted to tell me that he had feelings for me, but couldn't understand why this wasn't working with someone he actually finally has feelings for, and now it's not happening. What's my problem? I was very supportive. I said, it's no big deal. For the next week, we hung out every day, but all we did was peck goodbye when he dropped me off. No more um, action. Finally, 10 days after the incident, he takes me out to dinner, drops me off, sends me a text 10 minutes later, ending it. I was shocked. What happened? Did he change his mind that fast? Is he just insecure about the incident? Is it possible he felt like Jared didn't, wasn't ready to be in a place where he could be the man I needed him to be? Hmm. Or should I just accept that there was no spark?
2: I mean, it is very coincidental that after that moment, you noticed a definitive change in his interactions.
1: Uh, Impotence can really mess with
2: a guy's head. Oh, of course, because it's just like we're men, right? We're supposed Mm -hmm. to be, Mm -hmm. you know strong and tough and like capable you know, <laughs> capable exactly and then when you're not it's definitely demoralizing and embarrassing I to mean, a I've, I've been there before
1: i've been, I've been, there, to before too. I've been there before <laughs>
2: it's nothing everybody's been there before it's nothing to be ashamed of but at the same time i mean are you guys since we've all been there like you've been that moment you've had that moment where you're like i feel like i'm letting
1: her down uh contrary to this situation though is it did nothing did nothing but make me want to prove my ability even yes, more true And so that's kind of weird that he took the opposite approach where he's like, oh, like this went wrong the first time. I'm just going to avoid it entirely and completely now.
2: Yeah, but it goes back to your theory with the cat where instead of like actually (laughs) opening the box and seeing if the cat's dead, he's like, I'm just never opening that box again. And it's going to be out of mind, out of sight. That's kind of
0: right. I think he feels like maybe there was just no coming back from that. Because there's also the mental game you can play, and what this guy might have been playing. Like, if we try again, and it doesn't happen again, uh, for two. then what happens? That's
2: bad. Yeah, well, it's not bad, but it's just, you know, it's a possibility. Because the thing, too, is he was probably going to—he knew he was going to be overthinking it.
1: Yes. Like, in the moment, he
2: knew he was that's
1: he was just going to well, be his own pro- worst enemy. That's probably why it happened to him in the first place, is he's overthinking it. He's like, oh, I have to perform now, and like if I don't, then I'm going to be— you know, judge and criticize and all that kind of stuff, and like you get that thought process stuck in your own head, and it's—I mean—and the thing here, I could speak to lengths about this stuff because I, I've been
2: there. It's <laughs> the worst. But, but the thing is, too, they say we were out one night drinking heavily, and alcohol has an effect on it. Oh, huge effect! You know, sometimes when you're too drunk, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that this guy was just even unwilling to try sober.
1: I think that for Marley's sake, she should just kind of forget about it. I agree. Yeah, Marley, move on from this guy. This dude's maybe got some confidence
0: issues. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, and then what the guy is thinking in that situation is how you're going to react. Like, that's his biggest fear is how you're going to react. Even though that may or may not be, uh, there there may be, is no right or wrong way to react. But that's his fear is that you're going to take it personally, Mm -hmm. that you're going to think this is something uh that he's not attracted to you or you Mm -hmm. it's going to add to your insecurities and that's so not what's going on and that's the last thing he wants you to think
1: yeah exactly because yeah i mean guys just generally perk up at the weirdest times throughout the day (laughs) i don't and i'm using that term perk up very specifically for one specific thing and so the fact that maybe one time it's not working it's not a personal thing that she should be concerned about it's just a thing that the guy is going through at that moment and I'm sure when he wakes up in the morning, he'll be perfectly perked up again.
2: It's kind of uh, yeah. We don't have to get down to this, road, but <laughs> never mind.
0: I like those conversations. They're I fun. do yeah. too, actually. But it's more common than you think. For all the women listening to this, one th- in five. Try not say. to take it personally but if even, that ever happens.
1: Even like for a regularly like a ca- perfectly capable, regularly functioning guy it can still happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, one in five, baby. Well, it, one in five struggles with it regularly. But even the most like fit and testosterone filled man can still experience it sometimes and we, yeah we all just admitted that we've all been through we've all been there and there's a lot of testosterone in this room right now I'll tell you that. <laughs> a lot of it Hulsator. you can feel
2: it years and years oh, ago i'm I, perked up right here now. we I, go easton here it comes i uh i had this uh friend of mine that I was really close with and uh things got kind of hot and heavy i had a really bad migraine at the time mm. and that can hurt things if you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so uh, it was really embarrassing and uh, uh we just kind of fell asleep and then the next day I didn't want to talk about it because I, I you know, my ego was bruised, yeah, of course. and uh, there's some other stuff going on. We didn't talk about it for years, and then finally, years later, I was like, "I got to clear the air about no. something." Because she thought oh, I was no. an indoor, and I'm like, "I was very into you, very, very into you." And then um, five years after that, that woman became my wife. Oh. The way you're going with the story, I, that's exactly the ending I thought it was going to happen. And was hoping for. That's yes. awesome. So, uh, so, Marley should not be worried. This is the person she'll spend the rest of her life with. So <laughs> a, yeah, a, there we go.
1: That's a fun personal tidbit. Mark, or I'm sorry, Easton's relationship with his wife started with impotence. That's <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and, that's great. And a lot of impotence, too. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Want to do one more. Yes, yeah. please. This one's not as much dating. It's Kylie. Four years ago, I unintentionally set up two of my best friends by inviting them to hang out with a big group, and they hit it off. They've dated on and off for the past four years, but they are terrible for each other. Two months ago, they finally broke up for good, but now they've come to the point where they hate each other and can't be around each other. <laughs> I love them both. I like spending time with them, but they ruin every time we hang out. How can you be friends with two exes who can't stand each other? That's a tough one. You can't I, hang out with them at the same time. No, because, yeah, you can't. That's, that's the answer, They can't be in the same room.
2: That and, w- and hopefully both exes would be mature enough to understand that you're going to stay friends with both of them. And you're not going to choose.
1: There was always a, an awkwardness. So when I, when my former girlfriend and I broke <laughs> up, she was, and I have a very similar friend group. Like there's a lot of overlap. We actually met the similar similar situation just through a big group of friends. Um, and when we broke up, we didn't necessarily hate each other, but we obviously, fresh out of a relationship, you don't want to be in the same room as your former boyfriend or girlfriend all the time, especially like at parties and all that kind of stuff. And so there was always this weird delicate balance that my friends were going through of. Like, I can't invite her because Dean's here. I can't invite Dean because she's here, like that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was perfectly okay with it, and I think she was perfectly okay with it. But from the friend's perspective, it's challenging. Totally. And it's I, I feel like you have to choose which friend you want to hang out with in these situations. You can't obviously invite both of them over to the party or to your house or whatever it is. You just have to either choose a side every occasion that you have or choose a side and stick
0: with it for the into into perpetuity. I think you choose a side. Uh, Or, or, that seems cold, I know, but when my, when we, when we had a couple friends who broke up, we picked one to stay with and the other one is out, is out of our lives. Holy moly. I mean, not, it wasn't, we didn't have like a ceremony. Yeah. (laughs) But that's just kind of what happened. I think that
1: maybe what they should do is invite both of them to the house, cage match style. Have those, you know, remember, remember American Gladiator, those yeah. big Q-tip sure. things that they would fight with?
2: <laughs> and you put a key in the to the apartment in the middle of the living room, lock the door, and then whoever walks out...
1: Is in your life... Is your best friend is forever? Is your best friend forever. Is in your life forever. Hmm. Genius. Genius. I great. mean, well, we got it. So glad I mean, we can uh, help Kylie. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, Kylie, I, I think... I think pick one. Yeah, I mean, it, come it, on, no, you can't sucks. be equally close with both of both of them, can you? Well, I no, know, I no, know. it's impossible. Look, my right, friend
0: cause... was Jeremy. My wife's friend was Rachel. They got married. They then they got divorced. Mm-hmm. We are friends with Rachel, Jeremy. I text him on his birthday. That's the uh, that, that's the extent of it. got sides. I'm sorry, you got to pick a side. That's how it works.
2: And I think it will naturally happen over the course of time. It guy. will.
0: I think like, I, one friend
1: will just stay in your life more than the other. Sure. And I think I think before most of those relationships happen, you already are better friends with one of them beforehand, and typically that's the one that you stay better friends with post. Yes. Right
0: exactly so like
1: like usually in my situation my friends obviously stayed closer with me and her friends stayed closer with her
2: (gasps) obviously they wanted me a part of their life
1: (laughs) right but it's just one of those things where it's like whoever maybe you were closer with before the relationship is the person you stay closer with post-relationship totally 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 so per last week's episode what we've been doing is if you get on uh, the the podcast store leave us a five-star review and roast us in the comments we will read those roasts on air at the end of every episode that we will last week vanessa and i did it this week it's going to be jared and myself and jared i've uh, typed out some for you so yours are going to be on the right mine are on the left and we'll just go one for one oh, nice. all right ready yeah so
2: this was a five-star review and here we go jared is a poor man's dicaprio in the depotted <laughs> he doesn't need help dating he's serving a life sentence with some smoke show <laughs> Get that man a cranberry juice saying a bad New England accent. That's, that's k- exactly what it says right wow. there. That's kind of a roast. That's and that's not roast. the line by the way. What it, is it? It's I think the line is uh he's like what are you drinking? Cranberry juice. Get him a Cranberry juice. That's the line. Not get line. that man. That Pretty one sure. wasn't
1: bad. I think. I think <laughs> I chose some worse roasts for myself. I, will, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie.
2: Is that a roast if somebody says you're a poor man's DiCaprio? Will, yeah, that is. This
1: kind of leads into it a little bit. This uh, one is titled "Oh my God, shut up, Jared." Love it. Okay. Five oh my God. Review, Five M star Johnson. review. i too But this one's directed to me. So. Y'all, while Dean is wishy-washy little man-boy, I've remained a loyal listener. Sure, this group gives the worst possible dating advice, brings in jabronis and wackadoo psychics as guests, and continually talk over each other. But who doesn't want to waste their time with that? And I included that one because it's a roast, but then it's also, who doesn't want to waste their time with that? So it was kind of a nice way to finish it.
2: I like that one. Um... All right, here we go. This one's mine. Jared talks too much and too fast while being a walking pop culture reference. I take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. Because he has no other <laughs> references. And let's be real. The pop culture references themselves are limited. E- nah, that's fair.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's you, fair.
1: That, that roast as much as honest critiques. Yeah. <laughs> this one uh, is by Candor the Gray. And there are some words in it that I'm probably going to mispronounce. Uh, oh. Five-star rating titled Extremely Vapid. <laughs> Do you know the difference between this podcast and a bucket of <laughs> The bucket. (laughs) Pretty sure when someone told these three that they had faces for radio, it went over their vacuous heads and they literally started a podcast. Most of the program consists of Dean throwing shade at his co-hosts, through correcting their inferior grammar. We get it, Dean. You did well on your SATs. Joke's on you. I only took the ACTs. Huh. When it comes to the discussion, it lacks both substance and acumen. The only glimmer of hope comes from the standout star of the show, whom I can only assume oh. is devastatingly handsome, he is. Mark. Experienced, knowledgeable, shrewd. Mark is a force to be reckoned with, keeping an even keel on this otherwise sinking ship. Boom, oh. roasted. Wow. I know. All right, one more each before we close out here. <laughs>
2: Um, all right. It says, uh, this one's about Ashley. Of course it is. Jared, Ashley was pining over you for years because she never got over her obsession with the Backstreet Boys. And let's face it, you got the boy part down and how long it took you to date. Wait, <laughs> how long it took you to date her and how long it took you to date her. Boom. Roasted, toasted. That is that a roast? Yes.
0: Yeah, should have been a man and dated her Sooner, earlier. I think well, is what he's saying. Duh. <laughs> it's not a roast. Uh, All right, this one's
1: titled Good for Drowning Out the Sounds of Your Youth Dying by (laughs) Heidi, Heidi Rue. If you enjoy listening to the three most unemployed millennials ignore dating advice from experts, this podcast is for you. Dean is deeply cynical. Jared can't commit to anything except his girlfriend. And Vanessa is more Canadian than Justin Trudeau. I don't know who that is. (laughs) the Prime Minister of Canada. Okay, well, I'm an idiot. (laughs) I highly recommend listening when you need a reason to feel superior in your love life. Five out of five stars. Wow. That was kind of nice, too.
2: Yeah, that was kind of nice. These are actually surprisingly (laughs) have a little positivity at the
1: end of them so on that note if you're still listening leave us a five star review and be incredibly mean to us because we'll read them on air next week Um, big thank you to Mark Easton and Erica for being in studio Mm -hmm. big thank you to Jared talking about his engagement with Ashley yeah thanks one more clap for that appreciate it guys which we will probably talk about in every podcast from here on out. Perfect. Big thank you to the Thread podcast for being a sponsor of this podcast, which obviously would not be around without our sponsors. Maybe we could sponsor their podcast. I would love We'd to love sponsor
0: the podcast. We should. Maybe yeah, that's the future. Just podcasts all sponsoring other podcasts. People <laughs> helping people.
1: I love it. And I will. I may as well just say this on air. I booked a one-way ticket to Tokyo, so I might not be coming back. One way.
2: (laughs) Dean's going to be on the next season of uh, Bachelor Japan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See you there, Yuki. Wait, you'll be in Tokyo for the Fourth of July? I will be. I'm going to be in Hiroshima. Do you know people there? I
1: don't. It's my first ever solo trip. But I'm just going to. I've always been obsessed with Japan, and I decided one day I wanted to go, and so here we are. That's pretty exciting. I leave on Sunday. Wow, that's really exciting. How long is the flight? Uh, It's like 11 hours. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Um, but I will be back eventually. Uh, we won't see you next week because of July 4th. Yep. But uh, Jared and Vanessa will be taking over reins come the following week. So that be sure to will. tune in then. Perfect. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in for next episode of uh, Help I Suck at Dating when Maybe We Suck a Little Bit Less.
0: Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.